Hi, my name is Lauren Maxwell, and this is the audio version of We're All Friends Here, a weekly column for people asking life's big questions. Thank you so much to those of you who sent me kind notes about the reappearance of this podcast, which was formerly Let's Talk, a series of conversations with thoughtful people about living through the pandemic. I decided to bring you these weekly audio versions of the essays on We're All Friends Here for a few different reasons. First of all, I have always been a person who uses my voice. I started singing in church when I was 11 and then studied singing for many years, and I've always been an occasional public speaker and a reader and a writer, even before I started pursuing that creatively. I also thought it might be nice for you to have a way to interact with this work that doesn't require sitting down and reading, so you can do it when you're driving in the car or out taking a walk. And finally, it felt like the right thing to do, and I've learned that when an idea sticks with me for as many months as this did, I should listen and follow through. So here we are. This week, I'm reading you the most recent essay on We're All Friends Here, which is entitled On the Brink of Life and Death. Let's get started. Recently, I've been awaiting the birth of a precious child. She's expected by one of the utmost important people in my life, and it has been a joy and an honor to witness the many faces over the course of 20 years that led to her existence. At the same time, another person very close to me is anticipating the death of a loved one. On Monday, in the span of one night, I had a long phone conversation discussing life in its purest, most expectant and promising form, and another about death that inevitable punctuation mark that will eventually affect us all. Watching these two events unfold simultaneously, both equally full of meaning and consequence for the parties involved, each approached as frankly and pragmatically as the circumstances require, gives me the rare chance to observe two opposites at play. Inescapably here on planet Earth, one person's beginning overlaps with another person's end. I am standing in the middle, watching loved ones on the brink of momentous change grapple with its challenges. Their perspectives, both charged with anticipation, differ in the obvious ways. One leans towards joy, the other sorrow. One opens the door to a growing family. The other arrives with finality after many years of shared experience and enduring love. One person will gain one will lose. Both consume everyone in their orbit, leaving capable humans at the mercy of physiological responses mostly beyond their control. The basic questions from both sides are the same. How can everyone involved, no matter how fragile, be kept safe, healthy, and comfortable? My job, as far as I can tell, is to provide whatever care can be offered from afar. I send phone calls, texts, and shipments of food. I am trying to hold space for whatever fears and anxieties arise, because they are unavoidable in these times of big transition. I offer to help, though with miles between us, listening is usually the most I can do. At the end of one phone call, a family member apologized profusely for 
unloading, as she put it. No, that's what I'm here for, I tried to assure her. What matters most in these times is that we stay connected. Those words came out of my mouth without much thought, but they've stuck with me since, a sort of mantra I can carry through this time that is both precarious in its fragility and grounding in its humanness. We are all born and we all die. There's nothing more fundamental than that. Some situations have no solution, no quick fix, which is hard. They leave us with only one choice. We wait. Halfway through writing this, after a period of heightened excitement and concern, a hospital trip, and many labor updates, and several days of being able to do little beyond the waiting itself, ringer on full volume, I received the text I'd been waiting for. It was a photo of the little one and her mother. My body flooded with relief, and I nearly shook with wonder and admiration. Tears of happiness and gratitude, bolstered by the confirmation that everyone was safe, gave me a visceral taste of what it's like to see a long period of waiting come to an end. In a word, the moment was beautiful. Something similar is happening for John and me as a years-long chapter of nurturing our creative vision begins to bear fruit. As I've said before, the blessings that make their way into our lives almost always require commitment and discomfort. They emerge and evolve, reflecting the ways life and death constantly overlap around us. As one of our dreams is born, inevitably, some other outgrown part of us will fade completely out of view. These changes, these tiny deaths, are necessary and inescapable parts of growth. But like every life cycle, and like the chapters I'm watching unfold for people I love, they're difficult, messy, and compromising, with little choice but to wait for time to pass. Then, out of nowhere, they bring waves of beauty that will take your breath away. Waiting is the hardest part, and it's true. What matters most is that we stay connected to ourselves each other, and the webs of meaning that link us together. As always, thank you so much for being here, for your attention and your presence, and for listening. If you enjoyed this, it would help me out a lot if you sent it to a friend, gave it five stars in your podcast app, or simply subscribe to Weekly Essays at laurenmaxwell.substack.com. Take care out there.